Welcome, everybody. We are back. It is the final week of college football. Rivalry, rivalry weekend. Huge weekend. Great weekend. Um, Mike is not here with us. He is in Europe traveling the world. Uh, but I will break down. We're going to do a lot of storylines because a lot happened this week. Uh, and then we'll get into some picks. And, and some. really, I'm going to just give out some system plays rather than like... Um, you know, well thought out picks. I think rivalry weekend is, is one of the weekends that a lot of times underdogs have a lot more value. Um, you know, I think we'll see that in betting trends, but I think the lines kind of adjust for that, but let's, let's get into it for the whole week. Um, first and foremost, Florida state's Jordan Travis, uh, was injured last week out for the season. And as such, uh, Florida state dropped from number four, excuse me, number four to number five in the rankings of the college football playoffs, and Washington moved up to, from five to four. I don't think Florida State will make the playoffs. Uh, I think Jordan Travis was probably one of the best players on that team. Um, very obviously sad to see him get injured. It does create a little bit of a nightmare scenario for the playoff committee if Florida State is one of four undefeated teams. Um or remains undefeated as they play Florida and they play in the ACC championship game against Louisville, which is already set for December 2nd. Um, I don't know that they will win that second game against Louisville. Very good team. Um, and obviously rivalry weekend, Florida, Florida state, you just lost your, you know, quarterback. You're an undefeated season. It could be a huge blow for Florida state. So awful news out of there. Uh, especially for Florida State fans who who were riding pretty high on the year. Um, interesting to see how that shapes out, um, but obviously a major change late in the season like that um, you know, certainly deserves acknowledgement and, and attention. Obviously praying for the guy to get back on the field. I think he did say, he, Jordan Travis did say he's coming back next year, so that should be interesting. Uh, I know other unrelated news, Cam Rising also put out that he's coming back after being injured basically the whole year. Um, so it should be an interesting time to see how these quarterbacks kind of bounce back in the future. Uh, moving on, a couple of major coaching changes. Uh, so we'll start with the Harbaugh news. So Michigan has accepted the penalties imposed by the Big Ten. So he will, Jim Harbaugh will not be on the sidelines for this week uh, against uh, Ohio State. Obviously a huge game we'll talk about later. Um, but the I guess the injunction didn't go through or, you know, they didn't argue it well enough. I think there's something about it getting moved to federal court and that completely would have thrown off the timeline anyway for any kind of uh, preventative action on Michigan's part. So they have accepted the punishment on the condition essentially that, you know, after the Ohio State game, Jim Harbaugh will be allowed back on the sidelines. It'll be an interesting series of events to see how that plays out. Uh, Alex Grinch, the offensive coordinator for USC, done he got canned this past week um obviously usc had been significantly i would say underperforming over the past couple weeks um so alex grinch fired i know there's been discussion about you know where we are is you know is lincoln riley on the hot seat yada 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 i don't think we're there yet um i do uh, I'm sorry, Alex Crinch was the defensive coordinator. I do think it's interesting that they identified specifically that position uh, as something that was, was lacking. I, obviously, USC um, had let up 
a, a ton of points in the past couple of weeks, uh, but against very good teams, obviously in Notre Dame and Utah. Um, but I think the, the final nail in the coffin there was the, uh, the loss to UCLA letting up 38 points, uh, obviously just not something you want to do um, against the team that, you know, Chip Kelly is a great coach, but a team that probably didn't have it in them. Uh, USC done for the year um, as far as games to be played, except for their, uh, to be determined bowl game, but at seven and five, uh, that's not going to approach a New Year's six most likely. Um, so definitely a, a disappointing year for USC as as they went through, and um, <clears throat> really weren't able to come out uh, with much to to speak of this year. Um, additionally, two fired coaches, uh, Zach Arnett out of Mississippi State, and Dino Babbers out of Syracuse, both fired uh, as recently as this past week. Um, Zach had had one year with Mississippi State, obviously underperforming. Uh, Dino had been there for for Dino, sorry, Dino had been there for a number of years at Syracuse. Um, but obviously, you know, two two positions open up that you know I think Mississippi State thinks of themselves pretty highly. Um, so it should be an interesting to see who they fill the void with. I've seen a couple names thrown around right now, but we'll focus on. You know, coaches getting back in the fray down the road, but but those two are out. And then, interestingly enough, Arkansas re um, confirmed or reaffirmed its commitment to Sam Pittman, so he will not be let go by the end of the year. They will retain him through next year uh, <clears throat> in a to be determined. You know, see how they do kind of way, um, but definitely will be in the hot seat discussion come next year. So it should be interesting to see how that plays out. As far as the college football playoffs. Uh, we're currently sitting at, realistically, I would say 10 teams that have a chance to get in. Obviously, your top four right now, or top five right now, are all undefeated. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. As mentioned, Florida State missing Jordan Travis now, so they jumped down, and Washington jumped up, uh, especially after that Washington win. Um, I think Washington's been playing incredibly well. I was shocked they weren't rated above Florida State, given their strength of schedule. Um, nothing else. Um, but now we've kind of seen it confirmed. I also think Washington, as long as they come away, Pac-12 champions, I would find it hard for them not to be admitted into the college football playoff. Um, they play Washington State this week. They're obviously favored. Um, hard, hard to call that a look ahead. But uh, I, I think unless Washington you know, loses probably the next two games, um, it would be hard for me to argue that they don't make it in over some of these other teams. Uh, obviously, Michigan and, uh, Michigan and Ohio State play each other this week, number two and number three in the college football playoff ranking, uh, and Georgia still sits at number one. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see how that goes. Other teams that have a way in, uh, Oregon has been playing fantastic. Um, their one loss to Washington I don't think disqualifies them, especially if they win the Pac-12 championship game, which they are um, you know, well-suited to do. Uh, currently. Uh, obviously, that matchup would be Washington-Oregon if we continue down this road, but that's actually not locked in. Uh, it is possible for Arizona to jump, I believe, um, Oregon in some capacity. And I have to check that out, but otherwise we're looking at Washington-Oregon. Um, obviously, Oregon State was also in that mix until this past week. They would have had to one out, uh, which they did not uh, play in uh, against 
uh, Washington last week, only coming away with a two point loss, which which obviously was was frustrating for Oregon State fans. Uh, but they've been playing very well this year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in a, a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, and then you got Texas, Alabama, Missouri, Louisville, all kind of in that second ladder, second rung. Uh, I think Alabama or Missouri, for either of them to make it, they've would have to win the SEC championship game. Uh, I think if Louisville wins the ACC championship game, um, obviously that knocks Florida State, in my opinion, out of the race. Uh, and I think you could see Louisville jump in that, that role there, um, but they'll have to win out. Uh, and I would say probably beat Florida State pretty handedly for that to be the case. I think the most likely is that we see uh, a combination of Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington. Um, personally, I don't think that Ohio State or Michigan losing to each other is necessarily disqualifying, and I think those teams are still better than, say, uh, a 10-1 Alabama team or a 9-2 Missouri team. Um, you could make the argument that if one of them gets blown out, that changes the discourse significantly. Um, but you also got to keep in mind that whoever wins this game is going on to the Big Ten championship game, and they'll be playing Iowa, who really is not the offensive juggernaut it would need to be to pose a serious threat to either of those two teams, so long as they don't falter. Um, so I think realistically you could make a significant argument that both Ohio State and Michigan deserve a bid given their performance, their skill sets, you know, how they play. I, th- I think that's, in my opinion, it is a fair assumption to make, but obviously a lot of people will argue against that. So it should be interesting to see how it pans out over the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously this, this, the biggest game of the week is Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, has a significant amount of, um, you know, juice behind it. Um, and then we're looking at some other, you know, important games this week. So well, I'll try and highlight when we talk about the games. We've got four of them. I picked the four that I thought would matter most for next week, um, as well as the two ranked matchups that we have, which is Oregon, Oregon State, and then uh, Ohio State, Michigan. Those are the only two ranked matchups this week, but obviously two very good ones. Um, so let's get into it. There's actually two games we're going to highlight on Friday. Um, we'll start with the first. It's going to be a single ranked team against UTSA. So it's going to be UTSA at Tulane. It is a four o'clock kick, I believe. Let me verify that. Um, Four o'clock kick on Friday. I'm sorry, no, 3.30 kick on Friday Eastern time. So this game is important. Both UTSA and Tulane are undefeated in conference play. Uh, whoever loses this game will face SMU, uh, who is also undefeated in conference play. Uh, SMU plays Navy, so even if they lose this week, that's not a conference game. Um, so SMU would be undefeated in the conference, the AAC, uh, and then whoever wins UTSA Tulane will uh, go on to um, play in the AAC championship game, which could mean a, a 10 and one or eight and three team doesn't make the conference championship having only one conference loss, which is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Honestly, it's a pretty strong conference. So uh, that game's at three thirty. Two lanes, three and a half point favorites over unders 52. Uh, I'd lean two lane here. Uh, obviously big two lane fan myself as a grad. Um, I would say Tulane has shown themselves to play to the level of the competition that they have 
uh, and their opponent. So you see pretty weak games against teams like Rice and others, Charlotte, where they don't really put the pedal to the metal, but then they play, you know, their one loss was Ole Miss and, and they were winning in the set in the first half of the game. So um, Tulane definitely can, can keep up with the best of them. I think they probably edge out UTSA here um, by about three to seven points. I think I'm going to lay the points here with Tulane minus three and a half and just hope they don't win by a field goal. But it should be a great matchup. should be a very important game. Obviously, whoever wins this, um, most likely to go on the AAC championship game. I think if Tulane wins out from here on out to include that game, they would be back in a New York Six Bowl. Um, I would wonder if they don't. Liberty is still undefeated. Um, and we'll talk about the Conference USA in a bit because they do have an important matchup uh, on Friday as well or I'm sorry, on Saturday. Um, But I think Liberty might jump them, um, or you could see SMU if they win the uh, conference out of the AAC head to a New Year's Six Bowl. So I think there's a lot of uh, possibilities here, a lot of good teams uh, coming out of the the G5. Uh, Obviously, James Madison lost this past week, so I don't think they'll be in a New Year's Six Bowl because they're not eligible for bowls. I think there's discussion about acquiescing to allow them to play in a bowl, um, but not be in a new year's six. So I think it kind of comes down to the AAC or, or Liberty, depending on who we're going to see. Uh, and I think the AAC has a significantly higher level of talent than the conference USA. So I think most likely we will see a G five team coming out of the AAC going into new year six bowl, as opposed to another team uh, that maybe doesn't play as difficult of a competition. Also on Friday, Oregon, Oregon state, <clears throat> so obviously Oregon, a disappointing loss to uh, Washington this past week. I'm sorry, Oregon State. Um, and then uh, Oregon, obviously still very much in contention for not only the, the coveted, uh, essentially last Pac-12 championship, but also um, still very much in the playoff picture. Uh, very good team, been playing very well. I like Oregon here, minus the 13 and a half, um, over under 62 and a half. I eat. I think the air kind of got taken out of Oregon State with that loss last week. Um, you know, they held Washington to no points in the second half and still weren't able to come away with a win. Um, so that's obviously like a pretty big letdown spot. Obviously, you know, you're you're playing um, in your biggest rivalry game before Oregon takes off for, you know, greener pastures outside the Pac-12. So maybe that has an influence. So I don't think they'll lay over and die, but I think Oregon's a very good team. Uh, and I would be surprised if in the process of trying to get themselves to that number four spot, they don't try to, you know, run the score up regardless of, of what we see here. So I'm going to I'm gonna go with Oregon here, minus 13 and a half. On Friday, uh, that game takes place. Saturday, we'll move to Saturday. Two big games on Saturday. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Michigan-Ohio State game last. So we'll talk about this one first. It's a 4 p.m. kick. This is the Conference USA essentially play-in um, for who goes to the conference championship game. Jacksonville, uh, Jackson State at New Mexico State. Jackson State is one-and-a-half-point favorites over unders 50. Uh, I don't have a lean here. Uh, just wanted to mention it for everybody's awareness because it, it should be a very good game. Um, and honestly, you know, some of these G5 um, – powerhouses 
if you want to call them that, don't necessarily get all the attention they deserve. Um, so, you know, a, a, a 3 p.m. or I'm sorry, 4 p.m. Eastern time kick for a play-in game is pretty, pretty great. Um, you know, Auburn got beat by New Mexico State, so this isn't, you know, a, a team to, to snub your nose at. And on the flip side, um, you know, Jackson State has been playing very, very well, kind of under the table, not uh, what I would call like everybody's first watch team, but actually have been playing very, very well. Um, so Jacksonville State, I think, going to do pretty well against them. I, I probably lean New Mexico, but obviously coming off that big win could be, you know, a bit of a letdown. But I, again, I think as we're discussing, you know, are you in a letdown spot in a essentially playing for a conference championship? Uh, probably not. So... Um, should be interesting. Should be a great game. I believe this is the plan. Uh, I do see that uh, New Mexico State is already slated to play Liberty in the conference championship game. But if Jacksonville State wins here, I think this is one of those ones where Jacksonville State jumped to the G5 from FCS. So they are technically ineligible, but I'd have to verify that. But this should essentially be the play-in game because both teams are uh, six and one in conference play. Um, so should be interesting. And then obviously, uh, final game of the week that we'll talk about Ohio state at Michigan. Um, this is probably one of the most anticipated games of the year. Um, if not several years, you really got to treasure these like two verse three, one versus two kind of matchups um, because outside of the playoffs, you don't really get it in the regular season that much. I mean, coming to mind, I think 2019 LSU Alabama game was probably the largest, like most impactful game um, in the regular season outside of last year's Ohio state Michigan game. So definitely something to tune into. I think the entire college football world is going to be watching this game uh, and almost certainly the most anticipated college football game of the year. Um, I think more so than, you know, any Colorado hype or anything else. This is, you know, people mark this on their calendars well in advance and, and this year both teams are undefeated. So it just, you know, makes significant sense uh, that, that everybody's going to tune in. I like Michigan here. I've been high on Michigan all year. I think watching them play, they are spectacular. Um, I think they have the coaching to do it. I think they feel targeted and are disgruntled because of how, the investigation has been handled. I think uh, there's also finger pointing now at Ohio State as the origin of this uh, investigation, let's call it. There's accusations that Ryan Day and that that side of the house is, has been heavily influencing the you know, investigation and releasing things in a kind of underhand you know, way. Um, so I think Michigan feels persecuted. I think they're going to really put the pedal to the metal against Ohio State. Right now the line's at three and a half. I'm going to watch to see if that drops a little bit. I think it will. Um, but obviously very excited for this game. Both teams have played incredible. And again, I think if we discussed, uh, I don't think that losing here, unless it's a blow up, um, will lead to uh, them being disqualified, if that makes sense. So I think either team 
coming out on top here. I don't necessarily inherently think that the others just out of the playoffs, um, especially if it's a close game, hard nosed game. Now, if one, if Michigan or Ohio State gets dominated, I think we probably see this maybe get discussed a little different. But um, with where we are, with five undefeated teams, and one of them having lost their star quarterback, it's tough for me to see this one of these teams getting eliminated by losing this game, especially given that it's not that the only way to the conference championship is to beat the other. Um, so it should be interesting. Um, again, Eileen, Michigan minus three and a half um, for this one, just cause I think they're the better team. Um, as far as picks, I know this is going to be a short episode, but I'll give you some um, major differences in spread. Um, which is what Mike and I have typically used to identify what what good picks are and whatnot. Um, So Friday at noon, there is a 24% difference in the money on Miami, Florida, minus 10.5. There's a 44% difference in tickets to money uh, on Akron, plus 13.5. There's a 60% difference in tickets on New Mexico State, at home against Utah State, plus six and a half. Twenty percent difference on Boise, minus seven. Twenty-five percent difference on Oregon, plus thirteen and a half. So I went against the uh, the the play system there. Um, on that pick, there's an eighteen percent positive difference for LSU, minus eleven and a half. Sharps also favor Kentucky, plus seven and a half against Louisville. Uh, they favor Duke, minus six by eighteen percent. Miami, Ohio at Ball State, minus 6.5 at 10%. Uh, North Texas, minus 3 at 21%. Syracuse, minus 3 at plus 17% against Wake. Uh, 50% difference in Western Kentucky, minus 10 at FIU. Uh, 26% UNLV, minus 2.5 at home against San Jose State. Illinois, minus 5.5 against Northwestern. Wisconsin, minus 2 at Minnesota. Uh, and that is all of the uh, major. Ter- oh, there's one more. Uh, Washington State plus 16 and a half at Washington. There's a 44% difference there. I'll probably uh, bet against Washington to cover that, especially in a, a game where, you know, Washington doesn't just needs to win. They don't need to cover 16 and a half, which is quite a bit. Um, others have Notre Dame minus 25 uh, over Stanford at Stanford. Uh, and UNC minus two and a half at North Carolina State uh, in a pretty big game. Obviously, UNC, I think, is is the better team there. I think they've had a fairly disappointing season to finish out this year. Um, but it, it would surprise me if UNC loses this, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely be laying the two and a half, minus two and a half for Mike uh, as well. <laughs> I'm guessing he's on that. I'm, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. And then uh, I see UCLA minus nine has a 34% difference. Uh, compared to uh, bets to, to money percentages in the against Cal at home. Um, I'm sorry, UCLA is at home against Cal and has a plus 34% difference. So just something to consider. Um, I'll probably play most of those um, just from a sharp perspective. And should be a fantastic week of college football. Really looking forward to this uh, rivalry weekend. A lot of, lot of 
you know, huge rivalries. And then also the four that we mentioned have pretty big implications for conference play uh, coming up here in, in, in the following week. So definitely some great games to watch. Um, thank you for listening on this very short episode of Stupid versus Spread. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.